Hello everyone and welcome to An Apotheosis of a Bombast, episode 19. My name is Elton McManus and I'm in England. And joining me today is uh, Scott Commonman, all the way over in America. How are you? Hello everyone, I'm good, I'm good. How are things going with you? They're going alright. I'm in denial of all things bad, so I'm having the best day ever. Nothing, you would never know to look at me, but I am. Nothing bad is happening at all. Nothing bad ever happens. Life is good. You did not spill red juice all over your computer. No, I did not spill red soda all over the room, break the glass in the process, get my socks all wet. <laughs> socks. Two computers in the week. Well, you know, because I took my shoes off because I didn't want to step in the soda. Yeah. And then proceeded to get my socks wet, not with the red soda, but with the cleaning solution, which I forgot was over to the side. But that didn't happen. I'm having a very good day. Yeah. How are you? I'm I'm good. I've actually changed my setup. I'm standing up this time. I feel Ooh. I feel I'm getting into it a bit more. I I want to be a bit more animated, and I want that to come across. So I'm instead of sitting in a squeaky chair, I'm standing up on my own two legs. There you go. Are you someone who paces on the phone? I walk all the time when I'm on the phone. I walk miles on the phone. It's yeah. ridiculous. I I can end up round the streets and round the corner and into the next market while I'm on the on the phone. Oh yeah. My daughter and I both would we're in the kitchen, we're in the family room, we're upstairs, we're down we're just can't it can't stay still when we're on the phone, but my wife and son will just sit. <laughs> I don't know how they can do it. I don't know. People never used to do that with um uh without the cordless phones though, did they? No, but I was the one who twirled the phone around my finger and then like you get that little kink in it. Those little uh you know, the little spirally cords. Yeah, yeah. So that would be a little out of out of sorts. So I would be on the phone, fully attended to uh, <laughs> to the cable. Yeah, you didn't have one of them Roseanne Bar telephones with the extra double long cable, did you? Uh, yeah. At some point, I did because that was one of the things when I first became old enough to go to. Um, it's not Walmart. It wasn't Walmart then, but I guess was it Tesco as your store? Kind of like the all-purpose department store. Yeah, Tesco's or Asda's or Sainsbury's or right. anything so we like had, that. So we had Caldor and Target. There were older stores when I was of the age. But when I could first go out on my own and spend my allowance, it was I could buy a record. I could buy some comic books or um, weird accessories. I would buy that solar calculator or, ooh, I can add an extra 12 foot to my phone if I buy this <laughs> special spiral stingy, you know. It's only six ninety nine, so that's the kind of thing I would buy. Boy, kid. We had a store here called Service Merchandise, and it was um, it was a lot like the old version of Wheel of Fortune. Do you guys have that game show, or you've seen it where they they have to guess the phrases like one letter at a time. Yeah, yeah. They buy a vowel, that kind of thing. Well, it used to be that you would win money, and then the stage would turn and there'd be a showroom and you had to spend all your winnings and you'd be like, um, I'll take the trip to Acapulco and they deduct 4,000 from your total and I'll take the jewel necklace. They take 125 off your total and you had to spend it all. And so the store was one big store had one of everything and you had to walk around with this little clipboard and you'd be like, I want item number 32156. I want item 2247 and they'd go in the back and you'd wait and down the conveyor belt would come your box and you'd be all excited and all. But the cool thing when I was into age, we would shop there. 
uh, they had a whole bunch of things for like under twenty dollars. So that when you had your allowance or your money from your first job, you could sit there and you could get that boat in a bottle for sixteen ninety nine. Or um, do you remember when digital watches first came out? You might be a little too young. No, but digital watches have always been around. Yeah, when they first came out, like they were the big clunky ones, and and um, they had the calculators that did math wrong because they didn't follow the order of operations. So you'd punch in like three times. Three plus four times five, and it would do the plus before the times, and yeah, so that's stupid stuff. But and they had uh, Pac-Man was on your watch. You had this little tiny joystick, and you, it was so pathetic. Things that you get for free in your lunch uh, at the fast food restaurant, yeah. we were spending money for it. But that was the place to go and get it, and it was just all around you was everything you could possibly want to buy, and you just walked with your clipboard and went, I'll have one of those, and I'll have one of those. And I'll have the mechanical pen for twenty two fifty. And oh, you end up buying tons of crap. Then I'd I'd be the worst person in that place. It was all it was all offbeat stuff. It, you know, it wasn't a blanket. It was the first place you'd ever see a blanket with a teddy bear head stuck on it. Yeah, and you'd be like, "That's so cool!" I, you know, mainstream stuff with a a gadget on it. Yeah, so it was it was pretty awesome. I remember the uh, the James Bond watch that you used to be able to get. Do you remember the calculator watches that everyone used to have when they oh, were younger? Oh, yes. Yep. I remember so desperately wanting a calculator watch. And obviously I ended up getting one. And then I think a James Bond watch came out. <laughs> and I can't remember what it did. I just remember seeing loads and loads of them. They were, they were black and they had uh, the 007 emblem in gold written on them. <laughs> and it looked like a radio or it was made to look like a radio or it could uh, receive FM uh, frequencies or it had a, an alarm on it as well and it just looked so cool and I, I remember just desperately wanting one of them but never getting around to actually getting one. And I remember the calculator watches being so tiny and, and like I was always pretty big so my fingers just would have a hard time. I had to take the pencil point and kind of push the buttons in and it... <laughs> Yeah, you, you always had to do it with the biro. Otherwise, if you go for five, you end up hitting four, eight, five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's bizarre. Cool. But now, like I said, it's you go to um, McDonald's or you know anywhere they're giving stuff away with for kids. They throw stuff like that in right off the top of the bat. Yeah. I I had um, this Battlestar Galactic game. It was back. Gee, well, how old was I? I was nine, so like nineteen eighty, maybe this was. Yeah, and it was it was about the size of maybe half the size of a CD case, you know, like a, or DVD case, and it was black, and you had uh, buttons that went left, right, up, down, and you had a fire button, and it was a just LED. It was a little red dot, and you could go left, right, or be in the middle, and then there were. <laughs> two Cylon ships, which were also red dots. Yeah. And you had to shoot or get, you had to get past them or shoot them. And it, it was very much like um, a football game that they used to have too. It was the same idea. You would go left to right though. Yeah, they just <laughs> changed the uh, display. They kept the same program for the game though, didn't they? Yep, yep. You know, change the theme. You know, it's a red dot. It could be anything you want. Yeah. But that, that had to have been like $40 when I was nine years old. God, blimey. And, now, now it's you can get something ten times better than that on your cell phone. Yeah, well, maybe we should ask the listeners to email in with their 
their crappiest free gadgets that they've ever received, either from uh, McDonald's or anywhere like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is lame just because of the the look it has. Like um, SpongeBob SquarePants, they have a bunch of things like that for the kids. But the characters are in such bad positions. You know, they look like they're throwing a, throwing a baseball or something, and yeah. it's supposed to be they're just standing there. I, I always have had an eye for things that were uh, symmetric. If I had an action figure, I wanted both arms down, both legs straight. You know, I, I never liked having the action figures that were kind of like the head was turned to the side or... Yeah, straight down the middle. Yeah, I yeah. didn't want it forced in a position. I wanted it in a totally neutral thing. Same, if I draw a house, I have two windows, one on each side of the door. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like uh, things being off to the side like that. Yeah. So yeah, so to get the Sandy Cheeks squirrel action figure and have her looking left, her arm <laughs> curled like she's bowling a bowling ball and her leg up in the air, that I have no no attraction to that at all. Yeah. I understand the uh, even at each side. It's, it's more like a, an OCD thing really, isn't it? Probably. But, I, but just visually or aesthetically, it it appeals to me more. Yeah. And I, I guess you look at like the designs for car companies – you know, they all have that symmetric logo. and Well, yeah, they, they, they say in nature, um, the prettiest faces are the most symmetrical faces, aren't they? And if you've yeah. got a lopsided face, then they you know, tend less to be uh, pretty. But have you ever seen where they take a picture of someone's face, they split it right down the middle, and then mirror image it? How freaky that looks? Yeah, it's two totally different people, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's it's just, it needs to have those imperfections. Yeah. But I'm looking, I have my uh, keys for my car in my hand, and it's the thing where you push the button to lock, push the button to unlock. So the lock logo is perfectly symmetric, and the unlock is an opened padlock. Mm-hmm. And I just, I find the locked logo just, it looks cooler. <laughs> well, like, all right, um, Charlie Brown, the, the Charlie Brown cartoon. Yep. The eyes in those characters are like little sixes. Yes. It bugs you that they face the same way, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I I like I, I don't like that. I like the, the circle with the, you know, the Garfield kind of eyes. Or yeah. uh, yeah. I know you so mean. I have yeah. issues. And when they turn the <laughs> other way, then they turn to yeah. mirror mirror image sixes. They have four eyes. But when if they look at you straight, head on. when they look at you just straight, aren't they just dots? Otherwise, they'd look all cockeyed, really, wouldn't they? Yeah, there's. I'm trying to think. There's. I think they have like the upper lid. Yeah. Then you have. See, then there's the nose. When you draw a cartoon nose or any kind, of, it's always like the little C shape or the D shape. Mm-hmm. So it goes to one side. And I have to admit, I like that better than when they just draw like the. <laughs> you can't see me making the little underline with my finger. You can listen to it. But. Uh, <laughs> but. You know, if they just tried to to do like the nostril ridges, yeah. which some things do, just that little bump. Um, I don't know. No, I don't like that. Wow, you'd be really screwed in the Millennium Falcon, then, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd get on board and be like, "Okay, I'm sitting on the right hand side. Can we like shift over a little bit, please? Don't like it here. Get all twitchy." Yeah. And I kind of understand like the whole concept of that thing being off to the side, but no, I like the X wings and the Y wings and. Yeah. TIE Fighter look better. Do you go into a room and uh, adjust everyone's pictures? 
No. So they're all straight. No, and actually I get irritated if someone comes and does that to like our house. <laughs> you know, I think it's pretty ballsy for someone to come as a guest and kind of you know, like start scratching at your table or they kind of move something over. Yeah. I think you just got to let it go. I, I do remember having the even problem when I was a kid, though. I remember sitting down at a table and you touch your fork and then you're like, okay, my knife hasn't been touched. And you just touch your knife when no one's looking. And you're like, okay, right now everything's nice and nice and easy. Yeah. And you feel a bit more relaxed. But I, I don't go into a, a room and go, okay, um, I have to touch this piece of wood seven times. And then I walk yeah. over the room and, oh, I haven't touched that piece of wood. I have to touch that seven times as well. And I'm not that freaky. No, no. But I know what you mean. And that that kind of need for balance definitely is over the line. For me, it's just more, um, even like in the front of our house, we have like hedges on the left and the right side of the, the walkway. It, yeah. Some people would sit there and they'd put a, a tree on one side and flowers on the other. I, I personally would prefer to have like pine tree, pine tree, you know, kind of, you can't, again, you can't see me moving my hands, but kind of like the whatever's on the left is has got the opposite version on the right. I just think that looks nicer. Yeah. In uh, general. That's fair enough. So that's me and my issue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't heard from uh, Blakey yet, whether he's gotten over the thing with the circle and the triangle and the square, but, uh, or some of the questions, but I was editing that today. We just released it this morning and I just had to laugh. I, Cause I didn't catch it when we were actually recording the show, but on his audio track, I could hear him going, Oh, hmm. Oh, <laughs> like he just—you could tell it was like hitting him like hard. But yeah, I think we really screwed him up, poor little fella. I think I'm gonna send him those things every once in a while, just kind of random questions. <laughs> so I figure I can actually uh, record the question as one file, and then record for him an analysis, and he can put them on his shelf. Yeah, we should send him the uh, the copies of it over to his yeah. show. It'd be know. only fair, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. Now, I understand you've had, like, computer problems. You've had, like, lightning storms that have knocked out your computers and the internet and stuff like that, haven't you? Yes, and, for the last week or so. Yeah, we're going through that at the moment. We're having, like, thunderstorms and rain and there's, like, water from falling from the sky and people are going absolutely <laughs> mad as if, like, it's never happened before. But obviously my computer got knocked out earlier on today. But also I've had trouble. Xbox players, listen up. My PlayStation 3 died this week as well. Ooh. Shocking. God knows what happened to it. It just wouldn't turn on at all. I've got it working now. I've, I've had to scour the internets and all the YouTube pages and stuff like that. Actually, <laughs> to fix stuff, YouTube's a pretty good um, teacher, really. You, you yeah, can, you can find a lot of things, and it's there, and you can actually see what's going on. So, I've I've gone onto a, a couple of these sites and found out how to fix it. And now, I had to wipe the whole hard drive, so all the game saves and all my kids' game saves have gone now. So, but at least it's up and running, and it didn't end up with a, a red ring of death, as they say yeah. on the Xbox <laughs> side. Well, that's it's so much more complicated now with the game systems because they are computers, but you don't have the, the keyboard and all the same access points that you have mm. with a normal desktop or laptop. No, I was a bit worried that I might have to send it off. Apparently there's a, a new saying going around that you have to send it off to Germany, send an Xbox off to Germany, but I'm, I'm glad I you know, 
got over that. I'm a I'm a PlayStation man, and all. I think at the moment I always will be. So, <laughs> I think a lot of these people that play Xboxes started off on either the PlayStation or PlayStation Two, and then got itchy feet waiting for the next generation. So they jumped onto the Xbox bandwagon, mm-hmm. and I was, I was just quite happy just to sit there and wait for the new PlayStation Three to come out. So everything's fine now, anyway. So. <laughs> Well, it's pricey enough. It should work for you. It's so dear. They are ridiculously pricey. I got it out on um, launch day, and I paid over five hundred pounds for mine. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't know what that be in your your funny money. It's, it'd be over four hundred here. So yeah, it's a lot. That's one reason I don't have it. I mean, there's some of my friends have them, and it would be great to be able to to uh, play from my house against them and all. But I just can't justify spending that much money. Mm-hmm. Crazy silly money. Um, yeah. I also took the family to to the movies this weekend, or the missus took us to the movies this weekend, and we saw a film. I've never heard of it. Uh, Coraline. Oh, I saw that, yes. What did you think of it? I thought it was very dark for the kids. It was freaky. That was. I like that whole kind of Tim Burton um, kind of that style of animation and all that, but it was, uh, it was a little deep. <laughs> it was very, yeah. It was quite scary at places as well. Did you go to see the 3d version of it as well? Yes. Yeah, I did. Are they all 3d? Cause I, I walked into there and the guy went, Oh, you're going to need these. I'm like, oh, what's this? He went, Oh, 3d glasses. Went, yes. Wicked yeah. 3d. But no, they aren't all, you, you pay extra for it here, but really, Oh no, it's just normal prices over here. It's a, probably an extra fifty percent you pay. Blimey! Yeah, I thought it was kind of a, a dark movie. I thought it was a good movie, and I, if I was younger, I'd probably read the book and all mm. stuff. But yeah, it's a bit twisted. I've got to admit that people with buttons for eyes and that yeah. silent kid on the other side of the world. Oh, I don't like him. He's why? Why is that boy not talking? Don't mm-hmm. like him. <laughs> Please speak, mate. <laughs> But my kids didn't like it. They were, you know, they, my son went through it. My daughter was definitely disturbed. And it was kind of like when it was over, it was not talked about or like not excited about. Yeah. You know, where there's other movies that they definitely are. I'd imagine if you're slightly stoned or slightly <laughs> drunk and that ended up being on TV late at night and you ended up watching it, just sitting there in a comatose situation watching that, that would bend your mind so much. Oh, sure. You'd, be, you'd wake up in the morning Clawing and go, at your eyes and yeah my, my eyes were buttons and my teddy bear's got buttons for eyes and I, I don't understand what's going on you just end up with a total paranoid trips yeah the movie just was kind of disturbing and we actually didn't go late because I had heard I had heard it was not necessarily a happy movie and I think we talked in one of the other episodes about um, some of the websites you can go to and they go through the movie for you and yeah. talk about the violent things and stuff. So I pretty much knew what I was getting into with the kids. But the hard part is you ask the kids if they want to go see it. And they're like, oh, yes, yes, I want to go see it. Oh, yeah, I know. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then you get there and you, one eye on the movie, one eye on them looking to see if they're <laughs> turning away and fidgeting. And yeah. are they crying? Are they nervous? But my little girls, um, she's going to be seven on t- uh, tomorrow, actually. Yeah. But. In a lot of ways, she's very mature, but she's not tough. She's definitely not into 
adult things in terms of not the romance part of it, not uh, the action part of it. She's she's still kind of very cartoony and happy and Care Bears and yeah, flowers and puffy, yeah, fluffy, and, puffy uh, ice creams and stuff like that. Yeah. Has to be a happy ending. Yeah, and it has to be like a, a clear cut happy ending, no subtleties. So it wasn't wasn't the best fit for her, but I thought it was a good movie overall, though. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I just take my little daughter out five minutes from the end. We were the parents that the kid wanted to go to the toilet every twenty minutes. Yeah, and she <laughs> sat down. She had a little bit more. Uh, my daughter, all she drinks is water. So she sit down, she'll have a little bit more water. And then two minutes later, Daddy, I need wee-wee. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll take you there. And I start getting a little twitch going and my eyes start getting big. And it's it's very much like stressed Eric. <laughs> and so the last time I was like, okay, fine, that's it. And we took colouring pencils in there because there, there wasn't many people in there. So we took some colouring pencils. So I took them outside and... I ended up missing the last five minutes, so I, I had to find out from the missus what happened. And I was like, oh, no. And she she came out going, oh, did you enjoy that? I was like, um, that was quite mind-bending, and I wouldn't really choose to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a website out now that'll tell you when's the best time to go to the uh, go to the bathroom when you're in a movie. Runpcot.com. Is that it? Yes. I I uh, had seen it mentioned somewhere online, and I was like, "Oh, I don't think I'll use it." Just because if you have to go to the bathroom, you have to go to the bathroom. It's not yeah. like you can sit there and, "Hmm, I'll wait about five minutes until <laughs> until no. we get to the scene with the daisies." Funny enough, I've got it up as we speak. I haven't had a chance to run through it, but yeah, runp.com. Apparently, if you um, you can search ahead and you can find the boring bit, so you you can find out the leak breaks. Well, which... the key would be to find it out without too much being given away. I mean, I don't mind if they sit there and say, um, when you see the blue blue Chevy driving across the screen, yeah. it's okay to get up. You have about five minutes of un- unconsequential action. Yeah, I think it's just a bit of a fun sight, really, isn't it? It's, it's not intended yeah. for anything, but you can actually get the app for your iPhone now. <laughs> so you can sit in the cinema with your iPhone and, oh, right, okay, right, I've got another two minutes, another two minutes, another two minutes. Okay, right, go, go, go. And you imagine the whole cinema just clearing out at that point. Oh, yeah. Going, it's, there's one person sitting in the middle just eating their popcorn. And two minutes later, everyone rushes back in. Okay, right, fair enough. Let's carry on. Someone will actually come up with an app that syncs it. So as soon as the movie starts, you press a button and then your iPhone vibrates. Yeah. Okay. You've now reached the point where you have a five-minute moment, yeah, five-minute break. Hear 20 people's phone going, bzzz. Yeah. Oh, well, there was one of my uh, websites gone. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Sorry. Well, let's see. Well, actually, while we're talking about websites, I had a website also. Um, as some people know, you and I are in the stages of planning a Lost podcast, which will um, have a, a different format than most of the other Lost podcasts that are out there. And it's largely contingent on existing analysis of lost or questions or things raised. Mm -hmm. So as I was going through looking for stuff for that, I found a website um, called The First 100 Days. And it's actually an article from, I think it's called L Magazine or L Blog. But what it basically is, is someone had written an article talking about how we make a big deal about the first 100 days of a presidency. And... But the reason that I had found it is because they talked about what happened in the first 100 days of Lost. Yeah. But they went through a couple other things, like in the first 100 days of someone having been dead, the first 100 days of 
um, the World Trade Center being constructed, the first 100 days of being in isolation, being born. I mean, there's only about eight or nine things on there, but it cool. was kind of funny to read about. The, the lost part, I thought, was kind of funny. In, in the first 100 days of Lost, six couples had sex, 66 characters died, uh, one character was born, seven people managed to get off the island, and at least 90 bullets were fired. So awesome. Kind of a funny way of looking at it. But they have some other things on there, like you said, like what happens in the first 100 days of a human corpse and... That article in itself is a quick read, and then it looks like there's a couple other things on the website that are probably worth exploring. So we'll put that link in the show notes. Yeah, it's nice little brief paragraphs, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's quick. It's just the the kind of thing you'd find on Twitter, which is probably where I found it. Someone probably sent it. Have you got any uh, news stories or anything like that that you found dotted over the the interwebs Um, that we surf so grandly? Quite grandly. Uh, Yeah, well, there's one thing that I had just seen yesterday, I think it was yesterday, and since we're going in reverse, we might as well end with our news stories and start with them. Um, they were talking about this discovery that the orbit of Mercury is has got some quirks to it, that there's a 1% chance that a billion years from now, um, the planet Mercury will hit Venus or Earth or you know, basically turn our solar system into a, a billiards table. Really? And it's back and forth. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> the graphics they have are pretty cool, I should say. So is it uh, is it all a bit speeding up then? Because that's what you'd need to go further out from the sun, really, wouldn't it? Well, it's actually, it's not a circular orbit. It's an ellipse, and yeah. the sun is not in the center. It's at the foci. So it's, it's like a, so let's say, two-thirds of the way toward one end. Yeah, it's on the wonk. And then on the nature of it is that the ellipse itself rotates like the hand of a clock. So then because of that, there there becomes this potential for overlap. Yeah. And then it would hit Venus, which would then get deflected into other things. And quite literally, all hell breaks loose. Cool. <laughs> and that's before the, um, the sun swells up as well, isn't it? I think that's in yeah. around about 5 billion years' time, isn't it? But that won't matter because there's that asteroid coming by in in a couple of years. It's going to be closer than the moon. Have you heard that? Was that news story a couple of years ago? It's been like every three or four years it seems to come up for probably, I guess, about seven or eight years ago is the first time I heard about it. I wonder if they keep digging it up by accident. They keep going through their files. They they get a new secretary every every odd year and she rearranges the files or he rearranges the files and they Hang on, I think you should take a look at this. Ah, oh, that's right. Another another five years, be all right. And then they put it back, and then another secretary comes along, and uh, three years until this. No, no, that's right. Just put it back, and just keeps getting put off. I think the big thing is that they haven't done anything about it. It's that they have this idea that it's coming, and it gets mentioned because they hope that there'll be some movement to kind of come up with a plan. And yeah. we can't exactly send Bruce Willis up and hope he's going to blow up the asteroid with his eight minor friend, his eight uh, oil rig buddies. No, we, not... we've no way got uh, the equipment to do anything like that at all. I, I think yeah. our, our our greatest weapon is crossing our fingers, really. If, if everyone in the whole world crossed their fingers at the same time, I think that might have a bit more power <laughs> than building a rocket to fire it up there and deflect it or anything like that. Because... No. You're gonna cause more 
more damage than than is going to cause at the moment. But what they what they always say is that if you can make a small difference farther away, then that's more likely to be done, and that's more possible than to make a, a large difference when it when it gets near. You know, a five five thousandths of a degree deflection could be enough, but if it gets close, it has to be ten degrees, twelve degrees. I just typed in asteroid hitting Earth on Google, and you know how it auto-completes for you sometimes? Yeah. So 2012, 2029, and 2036 are the three three things that came up here. Well, I think not 2012, sure. that's a big year anyway, isn't it? Isn't that when um, someone's calendar runs out? I, I can't remember the name yeah, of the, it. Yeah, the Mayan calendar. That's it, yeah. And that runs out, and everyone's like, okay, well, they didn't write the calendar after 2012 but when did they write this calendar it was hundreds and hundreds of years ago wasn't it mm-hmm. so you know, maybe they just ran out of ink or ran out of paper or they thought okay well you know, we'll carry on once we get there but everyone seems to think that it's the end of the world and it's not going to be the end of the world in 2012 no I, I don't think that's the 2029 is the one that stood out in my head and I'm looking just scanning the articles in December 2004 um, the asteroid had an unprecedented level of risk of hitting in the year 2029. And then there's articles in uh, 2007 where it says that they will miss. The asteroid's going to miss us in 2029, but yeah. only by 18,600 miles. Blimey. 30,000 kilometers it's going to miss us by. So it's closer than the moon. Mm. And it still has a chance to hit us in 2036. What possibly could we do to deflect it? I don't know. There's so much junk up there right now. They say it's dangerous to actually launch the rockets now. You have to worry about hitting all the debris. It yeah. seems so short-sighted, all the things we do as a as a species. Yeah, forget about what you've seen in films. That's not going to happen at all. Yeah, and it definitely has this feel that, well, we've eliminated 2029. That's not going to happen, so we're fine. But how many of these things get discovered, or even which one? It wasn't um, the Bruce Willis movie. It was the other one with the president was Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman and Elijah Wood, uh, Deep Impact. Yeah, where that's the one where they like discovered the asteroid with like two years' notice or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's feasible to me that they're going to find something kind of at the last minute. So there should be a plan. I'm I'm sure there is contingency plans f- to get. You know the the highest people. I don't don't even know if under under the ground would save anyone really, would it? Yeah, I guess it depends where it hits. Yeah, you you're probably better better off taking them out to the moon or out to space somewhere so you can actually watch it happen. But there's a, a movie that I saw with my kids just recently, um, Battle for Terra. It was another one of those animated movies, and it's also in 3D. And the idea there, it's it's got the guy who plays the Mac in the PC and Mac commercials. I forget his name. Justin Long, I think his name is. I hope. Now that I said that. Oh, I've never seen them. But um, I've never seen the I'm a Mac. I'm a PC. And then the Apple people make fun of Mac. Uh, make fun of the PC. No, I've, I've uh, heard of him. I haven't seen him, though. That's worth seeing on YouTube. I'll have to throw a few of those and some of the parodies on there. But anyway, it has the idea of this movie, Battle for Terra, is that... There's this planet that's 
got its own native species. They're not the most attractive <laughs> aliens that they've ever put in cartoons, but they're they're probably very realistic. And um, an, an Earth spaceship comes looking to colonize. You know, Earth needs air, or the humans need air. They need to colonize this planet, and they try to do so by force. And it it's really kind of disturbing for an animated show and I understand it's probably not geared toward like the 10 year old or nine year old, but that's who's going to go and see those movies. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's related to what we're talking about in the sense of, of it. That's what I think a lot of people expect is going to happen one day that we're going to, when earth just doesn't work for us, we're just going to pick up and go somewhere else. We're going to go and colonize the moon or colonize Mars. And they might very well find that there are things living on Mars. Not, you know, hello, how do you do kind of aliens, but something that, you know, we should be respectful to the fact that it, it occupies the space. Yeah, it's their planet <laughs> it first. Yeah. We could go and build these big bubbles and live in it, but something's going to get disturbed in the process. But that was uh, the big article I'd seen. And it had this this cool picture of... Uh, it actually reminded me of things I've seen about how Earth was formed and how the moon was formed. I guess things had collided and rock was freed up. Yeah. So it may, may very well have been the same picture, but what it showed was um, a planet striking another planet and then that lava-y Cosmic billiards. Pot. Yeah. It was pretty cool. So that got my attention and made me read it. Even though it wasn't symmetric, I still was one. <laughs> And there was something else. I saw something, you know, at the end of an article, they'll say related articles. There was uh, something, um, I want to say Beelzebub. Beetlejuice. That's what it was about. Something about Beetlejuice. Oh, the um, Beetlejuice star actually shrinking by 15%. Okay, yes, that's it. That's it. It's in the constellation of Orion. And right. The Beetlejuice uh, star. They've been measuring it since uh, 1993. And... It shrunk by fifteen uh, percent, and they reckon it, it could actually go supernova. But this thing is uh, six hundred light years away, so it could already have gone supernova, which is oh, just cool. weird to think about. Obviously, yeah. you know, speed of light and stuff like that. But I, I don't think it's going to be going anytime soon. You know, don't look out your window every night for the next week, and you <laughs> might actually see it. it. It could be within the next what thousand years. That it could go, possibly even even more. You know, we we don't know enough about these stars to actually work out when a supernova is going to occur. But apparently, this is what happens uh, once all the is it uh, fusion or fission that happens in a, in a star. One of the two. Once all that mm-hmm. stop uh, stops, then they normally collapse down under their own gravity and then explode under a, a supernova. I think back to the things that I learned in school or more. I'd be in school and I'd be in the library. And so already the books are like 10 or 15 years old there to begin with. And just how like long things were. Uh, I used to go to my grandparents' house and they had these 1950s encyclopedias. And I used to love like going through and looking up the moon and Mars and, you know, things that they would say that I knew even at the age of like 10 or 12, I knew were wrong. Yeah. But then I, I look now and just think like, wow, I, I used to have that book when I was eight that had uh, all the planets and, you know, uh, <laughs> there was Pluto was the planet. And I remember the big buzz when there was planet X 
And it was funny. My son and I were just talking about that yesterday about he's a dad. Is this planet X? And he's showing me his like placemat. He's got the kitchen table. It's got the solar system has eight planets, three dwarf planets. Yeah. They're all labeled and numbered and all that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, then books always used to have a picture of uh, Saturn floating in a, a sea as well, didn't they? Yeah, always made it look liquidy and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember seeing them. But I've just sent you a uh, a YouTube video that might okay. relate to it as well. Um, it's called uh, "Planets and Stars in Scale," and it shows you how small and insignificant we are in in this place. And it's actually got a picture of Betelgeuse and the size comparison between. Earth, and then Jupiter, and then the Sun, and then all the stars, bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, it's only a short video, but it's, yeah. it's well worth a watch. Even that, like the uh, old Voyager pictures, you know, they had the the pictures of uh, Jupiter and the dot, and the idea of colors and stuff. I remember just just thinking how bizarre some of that stuff was. Well, yeah, there was that. There's a famous, um, I think, Voyager picture where they actually turn the probe around and they managed to actually take a picture of the whole solar system and it just so happened that all the planets were aligned so you could actually see them uh, like, like looking at a, a side of a plate and you had obviously the um, the sun in one corner and it stretched out and it, I think we were less than half a pixel on this picture it was just amazing on the the vastness of everything and so much space in between. I'm looking up various uh, Voyager stuff, but I can get lost in that real easy, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I have these things from my grandfather. He, I don't know what he actually did. He was a colonel in the army, and it, you know, my father doesn't really describe what he did in great detail. And my grandfather, I know he's fully aware of what he did, but he always just kind of deflects questions and all but i know he and i have talked about um space stuff and and he knew they were doing like cia mind control experiments and things like that and he gave me this packet of stuff that i have um that includes like actual well the reproductions but to have them in 1975 was a big deal these copies of photographs from the voyager probes and all of jupiter they look they look like um you know, someone went to a photo place and had them developed. Yeah. You know, now you can print something just like that out real easy, but at the time it was like, ooh, where did that come from? Some artist renditions of what the space shuttle would look like and uh, some photos of rocket launches. I think he must have been involved in like the press corps or something. I'm not sure what it is, but. Mm. I remember being on holiday in France and I think Voyager 2 going past, I think, Saturn. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, they got a whole bunch of new pictures, like about two years ago or three years ago, I guess it was. No, this was like 1989. Oh. It must have been. I, I can't remember what planet they actually went No, past. I know what you mean. Yeah, they, there's something else went out um, recently, and they got found a whole bunch of moons. But I remember what you're talking about now. I remember sitting in, in a caravan watching that on the TV going, oh, look at that, that's soon being books, and now... You can just go to the NASA website and go through their archive and cut and paste, and there you go. You've got a new um, wallpaper on your computer. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing just how great the picture's looking all. Yeah, they say uh, Voyager will get to Pluto in the year 2015. In the year 2020, 
Voyager 1 will be 14 billion miles from the sun, and Voyager 2 will be 11 billion miles. That's 148 and 122 times as far away from the sun as the Earth is, respectively, traveling at 10 miles per second. And they, well, they say when they, you reach Neptune and Pluto, even the sun's not the brightest star in the sky. Right. Well, we're going really deep now. <laughs> yeah, yeah but I'm sure we've had uh, multiple misstatements, but I don't care. We're all right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always right. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, wrap up a rather profound episode then. Yes, in in our wisdom, here endeth the lesson. That's right. So, um, definitely let us know if you have any anecdotes about. Um, Weird, quirky things you found in a as part of like a free giveaway. If you remember the old, um, if you remember the old calculator watches and Pac-Man video game watches and calculator watches, and I think I said that twice, <laughs> but you get the idea. Uh, yeah, just send that to uh, bombastpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, follow me on Twitter on. Twitter.com forward slash ultimate manners or you I think but yeah you can follow me at uh, SHC1970 on Twitter we both have blogs although neither of us have really been updating them lately I haven't touched mine for months I, I, I need to I'm trying not to vent to the world about the various little self-created headaches going on here but this computer thing's not my fault <laughs> Think about it. They built these Voyager probe things. They've been out there for years and years and years. And they built with the same technology, or built with technology more primitive than those uh, calculator watches. Yeah, that's right. And they work fine. And my computer, relatively recent and state-of-the-art and all, and it's hiccuping because I'm trying to print out a spreadsheet. Or, oh, you want to listen to... Uh, <laughs> that song i'm sorry this yeah. is gonna die now the file is corrupt sorry yeah it's all gone i don't know i wonder if those people who built that if they are like are anti-technology now or if they like embrace it well the people that people that actually built voyager and voyager 2 or them well, yeah. many moons I mean, I'm ago sure they're into technology now but so then they had like their um commodore 64s and their t ti 99 4a's and you know maybe they had an apple II back in the day or PC Junior mm. use Lotus and well them big dirty IBMs with the uh, what were they the six inch floppy disks yeah they were wicked I remember playing a game on them uh, it's like a an aeroplane game you used to fly from left to right and you used to have a mountain on one side and a mountain on the other side and you used to have to shoot all the defense systems <laughs> that's the only game I ever played on them computers wow. I used to play all sorts I had um a submarine game and Castle Wolfenstein and we used to play wizardry back in the day. Yeah. But even stop. That, I mean, Go on. I was going to say, even that though, like you, you get interested in something and you commit to something and you invest time and you develop products for it and all. And then technology somewhere along the eighties picked up such momentum. And so like, if you think of, of personal computers from, like 1979 through 1985, they were kind of the same. Then you had the little Macintosh, the one that little box one that looked like a uh, um, <laughs> little cardboard box. Yeah, little. yeah. My friend, and that was really the first game changer. 
and then give it another couple of years and it really just steamrolled with windows and things got smaller faster and and uh you know cell phones and all have, have got such technology in them now i wonder if somewhere along the line those guys who are now probably in their 60s and all are just kind of like eh i don't want to deal with that just give me my old uh Apple two E, yeah, three point five floppy, three point five floppies, or you know, all those technologies that come along too that that fail, like the Sony Beta, the uh, this whole thing with the Blu-ray DVDs and the the other versions. I used to like Betamax, but you can't get anything for it now. I know, but we used to be a Betamax family. I remember when VHS, uh, yeah, VHS came out. And there was the whole war of Betamax and VHS. I think Betamax had a better quality, didn't it? Yes. But uh, it was cumbersome. They're they're even smaller than the the VHSs. I think Sony just wouldn't share the technology, yeah. so it was it was only Sony products that were. Again, I still haven't learned from that lesson, have they? No, no. But I have a bunch of iOmega um, zip disks. They look like three point five floppies, but they're a little thicker. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to have a computer that had a special drive for those, and I mean that was before you could get thumb drives for <laughs> nickels. Yeah. But so that was a big deal that you back all your stuff up on there. I have a whole bunch of them sitting here. I have no way to access them. I haven't seen a zip drive reader anywhere. No. And I have I still have floppy disks here, which I'm sure have like things that are cool. I'd like to go back and see like my. Uh, <laughs> admission essay for college or or like things I did for school projects I can't get to any of that stuff either yeah but you'd struggle even to put a, the smallest image on, on the internet now on, onto one of them discs wouldn't you oh yeah yeah they're so small tiny and insignificant maybe there's like a conspiracy that's behind all the uh, advance in technology I don't know but it's everything's so bloated I mean, there's so much extra content and extra fluff there. I don't think the files need to be that big. Mm. If I go back and look at um, the things I wrote, like in college, and stored on 3.5 floppy-inch drives, I could still change fonts. I could still embed pictures. No, they couldn't be color or highly detailed. But you know, right now, I do things for work that are essentially just as bland it's words, numbers, basic black and white pictures. Yeah. And the file sizes are five times as big because they have the potential, you know, I guess the adaptability that if someone were to decide to put in color or if, like if someone edits my work, then their their comments come in in green instead of in black. And Yeah. It just makes the file so big. I don't think it needs to be that way. Well, should we wrap it up again here? <laughs> again? Let, let's Let's try again. Let's go All for right. it. Right. Goodbye. Email us. <laughs> Email us at uh, bombastpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter. You can find them on the... Uh, on show the, notes. Yes, that's the fellow I was looking for. Yep. Find all the show notes on there and say hi to us if you see yep. us walking down the street or on the internet. And we'll be back in about a week. Yes. So look for us. See you later, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs>